0: Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 105 of the Psychology World Podcast with me, Con Wiley. And in today's episode, we're talking about three new ways to build resilience. And I really wanted to come back to resilience because as we know, in a mental health, being a resilient person is really important. And this also applies to clinical psychologists. This is a great topic to like read this because I looked earlier and we've not done this. uh, Yes, we've not done this very important topic since episode 54. So we're basically double that now or we're not like that far away so I thought that this is a really important and also really timely episode to look at because recently I've been having like lots of different conversations with different people about about like resilience and like we've also you know, like noticing at least in our personal experience that there just aren't a lot of like resilient people at the moment sadly but let's hope that this episode can help us someone and it is Friday the 6th of August 2021 as I record this so, Moon on to Psychology News section. So, within from the British Psychological Society Research Digest. So, around the world, people cooperate more willingly with others from their own country. Many of the world's most pressing problems require global cooperation. If we are ready to combat climate change or contain the spread of devastating diseases, for instance, we need to work across borders and shed and share resources, so a new study in over more than 18,000 Papistans from 42 different countries doesn't make for encouraging reading, the team finds that in every single country Papistans cooperate more readily with people from their own nation than with other backgrounds and I will fully admit that I'm an internationalist, I fully believe in cooperation between different countries and I fully agree this is very disheartening reading and this is actually quite devastating someone who really does believe in international cooperation though. But I do un- yes, but I do understand this from a social psychology perspective. Yes, like inasmos in this, mis- in this format, this is just like social identity theory and in-groups and out groups, which is really disheartening. But sadly this is social psychology. But hope yes, but thankfully though, things uh, can improve and as I talk about in my social psychology book, uh, there are lots of great ways to actually improve intergroup relationships, so even though this is sort of like basic human nature, hopefully this can improve. And over time, I guess it has, because if you think back to hundred years ago, then there wasn't, yeah, but then there was no much, there was nowhere near as much international cooperation as there was now. So over time, this does improve. But of course, that's not helpful when we need to deal with these um, crises. These crises now. I'm not even sure that's the right word. I think it's crises. Anyway though, so we're moving on to the next one, new podcast, how has the COVID-19 pandemic affected our mental health? I've got to add this to my um, podcast feed actually. Okay, so what impact has the pandemic had on people's mental health? In this episode, Ginny Smith talks to researchers who have been conducting work throughout the pandemic to understand the toll that it has taken on our wellbeing. Ginny learns the learns about the different factors that can make us more or less vulnerable to these effects and finds out how pregnant women are fed during these stressful times. She also hears about emerging data that finds a bi-directional link between COVID-19 and mental health conditions and I guess our guests are Dr Susan Whiskis, completely butchered her name, I do apologise, from the University of Cambridge and, and Professor Paul Harrison from the University of Oxford and I will definitely try and listen to this podcast but if you want to know then definitely like a check this out though but when it talks about what different faces make us more than less vulnerable? I'm pretty sure that we've covered that so quite extensively on the podcast anywhere were, but it's always good to listen to new people. So but we're more willing to engage with sexists if we think they are intelligent. Hmm, and this is the last one. For many readers, the idea of interacting with an overtly sexist person really doesn't sound particularly appealing. I definitely know it doesn't, yet in many instances we do continue to engage with those who espouse sexist views. A new study finds one factor that could determine whether we are likely to engage with a perpetrator of sexism is their intelligence. Papistans prefer to interact with intelligent people, even those who engage in sexist behaviour. Yeah, and I do, un- I do understand that because, uh, because I guess that if we think they're intelligent, then I suppose that we're willing to look over those, uh, those negative traits because they might have other useful information. But still, sexism is just plain wrong. So that's enough for the psychology news section. So let's move on to the personal update. So we're moving on to the personal object and I do just want to apologise if the audio quality sounded a bit weird in the psychology news section because when I was recording it I kept feeling that something was wrong because my headphones were very loud and I usually have them hanging down by my feet because otherwise lots of other stuff happens and I really should have realised that my microphone wasn't actually connected to my laptop, so even though it was plugged in, my I didn't tell my laptop to record from there. From there, So I do apologise, but hopefully it was over came. So moving on to the personal update. This week I really have got to do something psychology related at some point, because this week all I've been doing from a psychology perspective is just more forensic psychology research, which I finished up the um, Police Psychology of the Into and I'm now doing um, Forensic Hypnosis which is a pretty interesting read and then I've also been working on the Coates Psychology book besides from that I've been doing uh, lots of other tasks that are not psychology related in the slightest basically all I can say is that I'm having uh, great fun writing this Coates Psychology book and I'm really really enjoying this research which I will most definitely get done by the end of next week and then at some point I will write the Police Psychology book I really am looking forward to that because because of the research, I can have some very good, well, not something, well, fact-based opinions, which is always, like, interesting to read. So, as always, I always, like, love to know your thoughts and feelings on today's episode. So, you can always email me, conorwhitely, conorwhitely.net. You can always leave a comment in the show notes at conorwhitely.net, forward slash podcast. And you can always tweet me on Twitter at whitely. As I've got to start adding here, i like you, but can also, um, message me on Facebook at Connor Whiteley psychology author. I've actually got to start making something like a bit more official for that. <laughs> OK, then. but it is a, a page, not a personal account. And this episode has been sponsored by Social Psychology, a guide to social and cultural psychology third edition. This is a great book that came out this year in April of 2021. I really enjoyed like, um, writing it and it's a massive book that is filled with so much great information that I really do recommend because it goes into the basics like what is social psychology and it also goes into the social group which is what I mentioned earlier in earlier in the psychology news section but then it also goes into stuff like persuasion, the psychology of persuasion, the psychology of a social influence with like the Milgram studies and tons of other great easy to understand bits that I really do love. This book goes into great depth but it's still fun. It's still a light read and this is not a boring textbook which is what I strive to um, do with all of my books. I really did enjoy this. Tons of people have also loved it so I really, really cannot recommend this a great book enough. So that is Social Psychology. a guys to social and cultural psychology available on all major ebook retailers and you can order the payback, hardback and large print versions from Amazon, your local bookstore, or local library if you request it. And if you want new work, you can buy the ebooks directly from me at payhip.com forward slash Conwayxd. And buying a drug is a great way to support or visit. Okay, so that's enough for the personal update. Let's move on to the content part of today's episode. So, moving on to the content part of today's episode. So we're going to be talking about three new tips to help build psychological resilience. And as I already said, this is a great topic that I really wanted to come back to today. Mainly because being a resilient person is really important to help maintain our mental health. And therefore it tips into, it taps into, sorry, clinical psychology. But I also wanted to talk about it because I've been having lots of conversations recently with different people about the lack of resilience that some people have. And, And if you don't have a lot of resilience, then I sort of want to unofficially help you. Of course, nothing on this podcast is ever official. And in a this context, so what resilience means is that it's the ability or measure of how well a person can deal with psychological distress and the situations that create it. And some people, as we know, are more resilient and can bounce back faster than others. So, three new tips to help with psychological resilience. Compassion this I was definitely quite surprised at first but just as a quick definition compassion is our sympathetic concern for others when they're in distress and it's when we want to eliminate it. and this is a very interesting take I think because I never imagined compassion to be linked to resilience because I know in clinical psychology we know that compassion is very important for our mental health, but in terms of resilience compassion is also very important because research has shown that people higher in self-compassion tend to report less distress when faced with uh, distressing situations so well, this supports what i've said before on the podcast about self-compassion and how important it is to our to our mental health also if you don't think that you have too much self-compassion then i think i've definitely definitely spoken about it before on the podcast so i'm sure if you just go back through the back yeah <laughs> yeah with the back list which is pretty big by now then i'm sure you'll be able to find something on self-compassion Pretty much search any other mental health episodes and it should be on there, at least like once or twice. Overall, compassion is a great for resilience because when we have the ability to show compassion towards others and ourselves, this can help us be more resilient when faced with situations that will cause us psychological stress. Growth mindset, this one I love. I think the growth mindset is brilliant. Mainly because it's um, to do with a business, but like as a person, a growth mindset is still really in a... Is still really important so this is definitely one of my favourite mindsets. But not only as a psychology student but also because I want to keep learning and improving and that's really important. So the whole point of a growth mindset is to help a person unlearn their fixed mindset because the growth mindset helps a person to foster their passion and their curiosity for learning and it helps them to embrace risk and choose how to act when a situation changes and it's the last two that make it really important. Therefore this is all we needed for effective resilience as without embracing risk and learning we won't be able to enjoy life as much as we could. And both of these help us to explore the world, have fun and take new opportunities, which I'm definitely finding with like psychology because if you keep learning about psychology. Yeah, because the easiest way to think about it, and this only is like dawned on me. Is that if you have a growth mindset, then you're most probably going to go from a psychology undergraduate degree to a master's, then to a doctorate, And as you keep moving through those different degree classifications, then you're going to unlock more opportunities for yourself. Think of it like that because an undergraduate couldn't become a doctor of a psychology, but a PhD can. Just sort of like that. So without a growth mindset, a person might not be able to learn how to choose or respond effectively when they encounter new situations leading to possible psychological stress. A stress because of course they won't be able to respond effectively and resiliently. So I do really encourage you to keep learning, keep exploring and keep wondering, so you can de- develop your growth mindset, allowing you to become more resilient over time. <laughs> and the next one I think is probably one of the most colloquial ones that I've done for quite a while. Grit. <laughs> yeah when I saw that I was like really? Grit? Okay um, so whilst this is never taught in a clinical psychology and it is actually quite rare for this to be taught per se in a wider society, but grit is a great skill or ability to have when it comes to resilience because, <laughs> yes, because a grit you know, encompasses the persistent times when a person has showed lots of perseverance, determination and dedication. And basically what grit means is basically you do not give up, you keep going no matter what. But then, if we go to the more research focused site, like as always, all of the references are available on the website at uh, it forward slash podcast with a grit being a stronger predictor of a person's success compared to natural talent and school grades. And the best way to think about grit is that it gives a person the power to be- persevere and to carry on in the face of a tough in a rough situation that causes them psychological stress. For example, a university student wants to study clinical psychology, but they fail at a recent essay. Some students would be devastated by that, but people with grit would dust themselves off and to carry on, probably engage in their growth mindset so they could learn more and not fail on the next one. And it does take a lot of grit, especially if you've done an essay which you wanted to do really well in, but you only did so well. <laughs> Definitely learn from personal experience then. So overall, I really enjoy talking about resilience from time to time because it is important for our mental health and our everyday life. So I really hope that you got something out of today's episode. And I really do recommend checking out some of the past episodes. I know the most recent one on like resilience was episode 54, God, wow, that must have been like a year ago now. <laughs> well, a long, long time. So I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. If you know someone who would find today's episode useful, then please share it with them. Um, I'm always really grateful when you wonderful people help spread the words about the podcast. And uh, please check out Social Psychology, a guide to social and cultural psychology. Available for all major ebook retailers uh, and you can order the uh, print books in all the usual places. So have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to see the show notes, then please go to ConnorWhiteley.net. And if you want a free Ada book psychology box set, then please go to Connorwhiteley.net. Have a great day and I'll see you next time.